0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: At RX Safe, we believe in improving patient health by
2: challenging conventional wisdom, upending the status quo, and transforming the retail pharmacy industry. Our innovative technology solutions are designed to accelerate your pharmacy's success and change the way you do business. We develop long-term partnerships with pharmacies and other industry innovators to help attract new customers, create additional revenue streams, and transform the traditional pharmacy model. Become the adherence packaging leader in your community and practice at the top of your pharmacy license. Get started today. Visit rxsafe.com that's rxsafe.com to learn more.
3: Hey there, community independent community pharmacy owners. Um, welcome to today's webinar. We're talking about maximizing pharmacy profits. The power of utilizing Section 179. I was just saying with our guests, this has become an annual event for us where we look forward to getting ready for that last quarter, that last surge for the end of the year and uh, making some very important decisions about uh, buying um, larger items at the end of the year to maximize tax savings and how this is changing and and how it's gonna impact our community pharmacy businesses getting ready for 2024, which we all know is gonna be a little bit of a stressful year in the beginning. Um, Adam Robinson, Dr. Robinson, it's so good to see you again. I wanna uh, welcome you to the webinar today.
1: Hey man, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. I can't see you, but I hear your (laughs) voice.
3: Yes. Uh, We are having Zoom issues today. So this is uh, just part of life and being able to move through through it. Scotty Sykes, uh, you are uh, one of my favorites at these panels. Got to see you at the NCPA. Um, You're always bringing um, some very valuable knowledge to our community pharmacy owners. So thank you for being here today, Scotty. Thanks for having me, Todd. Good to see you again or hear hear your voice again absolutely oh my goodness lisa um i want to just uh i haven't met you and haven't had done a panel together so i always want um our newest uh members of our panels to just give a a shout out and and let us know um what pharmacy that you're running where you're located and um we have obviously we'll come back to you for additional questions today but but lisa tell us about about yourself
0: I'm Lisa Kotion. I'm uh, with Gibson Pharmacy in Athens, Texas. We're just outside of Dallas a little ways. And I've got uh, this pharmacy and three others. My husband and I run them. Uh, I actually grew up in the pharmacy that I'm in and bought it from my father many years ago now. Awesome. But glad to be here.
3: That's good to see you. All right, and I already know this guy, uh, Pete Davidson, uh, with Advantage Financial Services. Uh, it's so good to have you here.
2: Hello, Todd, and actually, it's uh, very nice to actually see you now.
3: I know my my camera decided that it, it's going to work, so well we're we're ready to go.
2: <laughs> there we go. Welcome to Zoom.
3: Thank you. <laughs> all right, um, all right, I'm gonna. I'm just going to open up for our participants as well as li- people that are listening to the podcast. This is an important time. This is this is a this is getting ready for our new year. But there's things that we can do right before the close of a year to really maximize on cash flow, and um, and and taking advantage of tax savings to prepare us for all kinds of things, including the DIR fee, um, which is named a DIR fee apocalypse for 2024. And we know um, that it, it sounds like it might be another uh, confusing clause, another tax code that we have to figure out. But that's why we put these panels together, just to give us some um, balance and some mix between pharmacy owners and people um, that concentrate on, on taxes, my least favorite subject. So I'm going to kick things off just with uh, Scotty and Pete. First of all, I'm going to start with Scotty. Just give us a brief overview just in case someone's listening to the podcast or attending today's webinar and just a brief overview of the one uh, of the section 179 and actually how it works.
4: Yeah. So uh, thanks, Todd. So, <clears throat> you know, as you're getting in towards the end of the year here, tax planning um, is a vital component of your should be a vital component of your strategy going into the DR fee. I like to call it cliff. Um And with that, one of the key, one key tax planning uh, strategy is equipment purchases and capital equipment purchases like robots, compliance packaging, things like that. Um, And with that, uh, the IRS and Congress have within the tax law um, some aggressive uh, write-off opportunities of that equipment to spur investment and things like that into the economy, And so, Section 179 is one of those provisions of the tax code to allow pharmacies to uh, aggressively write off up to 100% of the equipment um, for uh, for the pharmacy. So that's Section 179 in a nutshell. There, Todd.
3: Thank you. Um, I appreciate that, and you've you've always bring us this concise explanation of it, and it helps to helps uh, uh project what what can we do right now in order to start using the technology using the 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 automation and and then be ready for uh the new year but then get all of that tax advantage up front uh for the 2023 tax period uh, Pete I want to bring you into this uh conversation what are the main benefits pharmacies can gain by leveraging uh, section 179 deductions
2: uh great question uh, the first thing that I would share is, to coincide with Scotty's is they get the, the benefit of the technology that they're acquiring. So the first thing that anybody should always look at is, what are the technologies I'm acquiring? Do I need them? Do they have pertinence in my business? The Section 179 section of that um, allows, as Scotty said, up to 100% tax write-off, which impacts their taxable income and what they have to pay out to the IRS come April. And if my understanding of it is correct, uh, if you have lower income tax for 2023 using Section 179, it could also have positive impacts on your quarterly estimates the following year. Exactly.
4: Um, I'll just expand on that. So, you know, historically, normally equipment is am- or written off, depreciated over a 5-, 7-, 15-year period of time. Section 179, for example, like we're talking here, allows you to speed that up maybe in one year um, and you can be even more flexible with it two years or three years but um, a lot of people use it in one year so it allows you to get that full deduction in one year just to clarify that point there for the viewers out there
3: yep yep so i think of coaches i think of trainers i think of consultants Um, that are all poised to give us the best information. We have to be very choosy about who who those people are inside pharmacy and outside pharmacy, including people like marriage counselors or people helping you to train to get ready for a marathon, right? And that's my Pete and that's my Scotty. You guys are sitting there ready to go. But the athletes in the room, the people that are actually out there doing it is Lisa and Adam. So that's where rubber hits the road for us. So I wanna just kick off um, asking uh, Lisa first, can you tell us how you effectively utilized section 179 and what the impact was on your financial bottom line?
0: When they contacted me to talk about this, I very honestly said, I do not even claim to understand all of my tax return. And really what I can tell you is, and we've had our rx. Our ex- safe in our rapid pack for many years now, but we we did get refunds in that tax year. And so it it does help with cash flow. I can't tell you the specifics of how it was applied. Um I I know pharmacy not not the financial part of it, but we did I I went back and, and looked at our returns and we did get refunds because we had over obviously our estimated taxes were higher and so it did help with cash flow in the following year.
3: Adam you and I have talked about this subject before Um, you've been on one of these panels in the past to really open up about being a pharmacy owner and knowing that this is impacting your business directly and your cash flow Uh, expand upon um, Lisa as (laughs) as a pharmacy owner. What are the main benefits pharmacies can gain by leveraging the 179 deduction?
1: Um, I look at 179 as like a trump card, right? So how is your year going? Hopefully your accountant is really talking to you. You kind of see uh, the picture going in towards the end of the year. And, um, you know, hey, we, we've been kicking butt this year and kicking butt usually means I'm gonna have some some nice hefty tax liability um, maybe. And then, so that's a good time, like, hey, I do need some uh, technology, and I can utilize that one seventy nine I mean we're not talking about you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. We're talking about a lot of money, and that we can dramatically decrease um our numbers at the end of the year, which exactly what Lisa was talking about, that uh, corresponds to less tax burden. And then it also corresponds to less um, you know, quarterly tax payments. So the the less you have on that, the more you have on your cash flow. And it just really, really helps. And like Scotty was saying earlier, there's some, you know, maybe you don't need it this year. Um, Scotty, correct me if I'm wrong. Like I can hold off, right? So I can just take my standard deduction on that and then I can 179 at the following year. So um oh, I didn't do that. It's a, uh, it, it's uh, definitely a trim card to use towards your advantage. However, your accountant figures out how to do that. So
4: you can't, you can't do that one. You can't do the,
1: uh, Oh, well disregard everything I you, just
4: said. <laughs> you can take, um, you could take, you know, there, there's something called bonus depreciation too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 168. Yeah. That kind of gets, that, that doesn't get any attention, but it's very similar to 179. Um, but I also want to point out for the viewer, um, those two different provisions, they have very different um, advantages and disadvantages. Um, and so like for 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 instance, 168, you can create a loss. You can write off that, let's just say you buy a hundred thousand piece of equipment and you have zero net income that year. Well, you can create a hundred thousand dollar net loss, offset other income, maybe your salary and get a refund or whatever it is that way. 179, you can't uh, create losses necessarily. Um, So you have some limits there. But um, Adam, you do have that flexibility, though, between 179 or 168 to say, all right, I'm only going to depreciate 50% of this this year and write off the rest over uh, X number of years. Yeah. Um, So you do have that flexibility. But um, there are some limitations. And in addition to that, uh, the state, You you need to understand your state, you know, does state follow 179 or do they follow 168 or or vice versa? So that can come into play, but hopefully the CPAs are handling that for you guys in the back end. But you should be asking that question to your CPA.
3: So there's an article that came out in Inc. Magazine, Inc.com that covers this. Uh, This just came out not even a couple of weeks ago. It says, don't leave money on the table. The small business tax deduction is more important than ever. For small businesses, the Section 179 deduction can impact the bottom line. I kind of want to ask, um, you know, Lisa, um, when, when you decide to buy a large piece of equipment, laying out a, a bunch of money and you have this type of tax savings, was there a timing element to this for you? Was this something that you did purchase at the beginning of the year or did you purposely purchase it? more towards the end of the year in order to get that maximum savings for the for the entire year um with regards to tax savings.
0: Well, we actually had we were on the waiting list for the RX Safe because it was so new. And so we were praying that it would come in before the end of the year. And so we did make it into that that year, um, but it was pretty close. <laughs> And so, yes, I, I mean, I think we felt like that was a good year to, to take that deduction. And so we were, at that point, we were kind of banking on it. So, yes, I, I I mean, I, we we strategized. I don't know that we were as on it as maybe our CPA was, but we knew that we needed to get it done before the 31st of December.
4: So um yeah, very important point. It has to be put into use. That's very important to get that
3: deduction. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was up to. I wanted to say what's the activation to really take advantage of the entire 179 uh deduction. And and Scotty, you you described this to us in a in in a previous uh discussion around this, and you said putting it into use. Um, so that's a that's an important part of this um this puzzle. Um I do have a question for um for Pete. I want to kind of expand and, and dig into the one seventy nine ability So if we're applying this to pharmacy specifically looking to invest in automation um or other high cost equipment, how does that apply specifically to pharmacy i'm 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 talking about and we've asked this before, but I'm talking about like vehicles. I'm talking about um you know the the rapid pack I um, maybe uh, some software but Kind of give us uh, a, a. Is there a wider net uh, uh, that, that our pharmacy listeners listening right now should be paying attention to?
2: So my my understanding there there's quite a broad list of items that can be used for Section one seventy nine. Obviously, um, compliance packaging, pharmacy automation, inventory control. Um, but the list is is much greater. Um, the way I would probably describe it is personal property is is depreciable asset. And so pharmacies look at depreciable assets or personal property that could be everything from furniture, fixture, and equipment to um, software licensing potentially could fit into there, um, potentially depending upon how Scotty or their accountants look at it, things like compounding rooms and and some of the uh, equipment that goes into there could be depreciated. Um, where you end up probably not being able to depreciate is actually on um, what I call services. So if you're having an accountant come in and um, if they're charging you next year, or if you have a IT firm come in and they're charging you next year, you could ask them to put it on their books this year, but it's really not section 179. It's just an additional expense.
3: Adam, I'm wondering when you took advantage of your 179 deduction, um, for pharmacy owners listening, I think of getting the most out of an investment as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. So I marketing and putting money into the announcement of the technology, the impact to adherence packaging, the impact to communications with physicians. What did you do with that money? And should pharmacy owners be thinking, I know I'm going to save an additional 100000 50000 whatever the the price tag is. Do I put some of that money into leapfrogging and, and getting out the gate of the new year with this new technology by putting it into marketing the technology that I just invested in?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to be smart when you're buying a $200,000 piece of equipment, right? You can't just go, oh, I want it. Some people have. It's not the best idea. Um I always try to calculate my return on investment, right? Is this something I can do right now? Do I have the capacity to handle this? Um and then we were very fortunate uh RX Safe has a great marketing team um to help with the purchasing of their equipment. So when we bought the rapid pack, we were ready for the 179. I knew what I was going to be able to deduct. Um and they they helped us uh, really move forward to um, to get on top of that return on investment. Um, and it's a learning curve, just with every piece of equipment. There's always a learning curve. You got something new coming in, in a pharmacy. You know, How do you promote it? What do you do? Uh, but we were fortunate. It's a good company that really helps us figure that out. So we were ready. We we knew what we were going to do. We were kind of waiting to. We were hoping it would get in before the end of the year. But I didn't have my ducks in a row uh, to jump on that when it did come in and what we were going to do with it uh so yeah i I knew that i had some money to play with in the marketing realm because of the 179 deduction
3: scotty i almost i can almost hear your voice answering this question because i've talked to you enough to to pick up your vibe and you're you're a proactive person so Um, which is good. You're like my dentist. You're like, did you get your two cleanings for the year or is there tartar buildup in your, in your finances? I got tartar all over my finances, by the way, Scotty. So I don't want to talk to you about that, but what should pharmacy owners uh, keep in mind to ensure they don't miss out on utilizing the section 179 benefit?
4: Well, if you heard us, uh, Talk at any other event or anything else, you know, where, where we stand, fundamental accounting and pharmacy is vital. And you have to have that to be able to proactively tax plan to take advantage of one seventy nine like you need to be uh, or the one sixty eight a K option out there. Um, so that fundamental accounting is is crucial piece, because if you don't have it, you don't know where you stand. You don't know what April 15th is going to look like. You can't plan and prepare You don't know if you need this piece of equipment or not from a tax perspective. Of course, you should always be looking at equipment needs based on do you actually need it, not from a tax perspective. Um, But still, it's an important component. So um, going into the end of the year, if you don't have that fundamental accounting in place, you got to get that done as soon as possible and then start looking towards how you're going to be at the end of the year um, and what, what options do you have.
0: Scott,
2: if you don't mind, I'd like to add one more thing to that. And I think that um, I've heard it from Lisa and Adam, and I know Scotty's going to, he said it a couple of times. For for a pharmacy to take advantage of Section 179, Scotty says it's got to be put in meaningful use. And I think one of the most important things that a pharmacy owner, if this is something they're looking at doing, is, is communicating with their accountant as soon as possible and making sure that the equipment they're looking at getting in can be ordered, Built, delivered, and installed in in a proper time frame because we're only two months from the end of the year. Good point, Pete. Yeah, great point.
4: And also so time, uh, timing, timing, I, and timing. I know you want to talk about the lease option. You know, if you lease this, you don't pay for it. Uh, you're you're making uh, you know capital lease payments on it, but you still get that advantage of of it being a um, a piece of equipment that you can deduct. Pete,
3: you want to expand yeah. on that because I want to say so I I get my rapid pack November 15th um it's in use before the end of the year I'm leasing it now t- like de- decipher that for us
2: um decipher it so um the best way for me to describe this there's a million and one different ways to acquire a piece of equipment um I think when uh, I hear leasing there's two different types of leases. There's true leases and capital leases. And for section 179, you do have to make sure you're getting a capital lease, which is a, a transfer of ownership intent. Um, there's other products, you know, installment purchase agreements and um, uh, equipment finance notes. They're, they're all kind of the the same. Um, I think there are a couple of things that, you know, I can give you kind of an examples of things that, that might make sense. You know, a, a rapid pack is a couple hundred thousand dollars. Um, A tax savings at, you know, a 37% tax rate might equate out to about 70-some-odd thousand dollars. Um, We've we've got programs from acquisition financing that can defer first payment up to six months. So, you know, if you install and first payment out to safe is in December, first payment's not due till June. But you can still write it off in in December for, for the second of the year. Um, with with t- payment terms out to seven years, you know you can end up having as much as the first twenty eight payments paid for in your tax savings. So you start looking at cash flow, and and you're going to get the benefit of the equipment number one. That's the most important thing. But then you're also going to improve your your cash flow because you're going to get the benefits of that equipment without having to pay for it. Then you get your tax savings in April, and then you get your quarterly estimates coming up, and you've gotten yourself ahead of the game from a cash flow standpoint. And with what everybody's anticipating to be an early 2024 problem, it's a wonderful opportunity that does exist. Number one, if you have the capacity, as Adam said before, to, to do this now.
3: Another thing that Adam mentioned was pulling the trigger on something that he really didn't have a plan for, but it was more of like an impulse exciting by, and there's nothing wrong with the excitement around adherence packaging. We know that it works. We know that it keeps people on their medications. It brings a lot of value to our patients. And of course, it gives us an opportunity to grow our business. However, you need to have a plan. So um, I think of pitfalls and Lisa, share with us um, anything that that came up that that there's a direct contrast between leveraging the insights of your CPA and people like uh, Scotty and and Pete and guiding us versus just doing something on your own and kind of like a contrast between the two outcomes?
0: We're planners, so I don't know. I mean, I can see if, you know, if you're at a trade show and you start talking to the salespeople and you get all excited about it and you say, okay, let's do it. And you get it in and you don't have any idea what to do with it. It does take planning. You know, you, you have to staff appropriately. And, and there are instances where maybe you, you would require less staff. I think we ended up kind of shifting staff and you know, you it it's the rapid pack in particular you have a, a, a separate workflow. And so you do have to plan for things. And so we were planners. We, we had done our research and we had an idea of how we wanted to do it. But, you know, I think that probably lowering your service level in that time of transition might, you know, adversely affect your business temporarily. Hopefully you get, things running smoothly and, and it doesn't hurt you long-term, but rushing into something, I, I think probably, I don't know that our CPA advised us as far as that goes, you know, but we're, I definitely need, people need to have a plan. I, I think Adam said, you know, some, some people have purchased these expensive pieces of equipment and they just sit kind of like an exercise bike in the corner of your living room you know you really have to utilize it and in order to get the return on investment
3: a good point it's one of the best things said today is is having a plan to utilize a piece of equipment and getting full benefit not only the tax benefit but the outcome and impact on our patient's health impact on um you know marketing our services i i think it's i think that's something we miss i think of you know you just laid out like you like uh, pete and 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 scotty you've both said of how expensive these pieces of equipment are take full max maximize the full benefit of what this is going to do for your pharmacy not only the health of your patients but talk about yourself and what advanced technology and automation that you have in your community and um you know i always say involve your politician get your state representative to come in for a tour to dis- decipher what you do to impact your community. How are you impacting those people that are, sh- are 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 almost shut-ins, they're in their home, they they need services, they need abilities to be contacted by a medical professional and a provider, and how this technology is implemented into a community to make a difference for those people that rely on their community pharmacies for everything, and in, in some ways from a, from a service perspective. Um, pitfalls in pharmacy ownership um, dips and in, in speed bumps. Adam, share with us uh, pitfalls that you've experienced um, in in purchasing decisions that you might not have had as much planning involved in comparison to when you really came at it um, with a good plan in place.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, exactly kind of what Lisa was talking about. If you're not prepared for this, and, and I'll... But 179 is there for you to take advantage. And if you're planning it out, I love like what Pete was saying, using somebody else's money, right, to to make money. I love that. That's fun, right? And so um, I use uh, Pete's money to, to buy one and uh, I offset the time that I had to pay. And so I really didn't have much invested uh, and got the 179 deduction. And then it really helped with cash flow. But in that time, I I was preparing and what I needed to do. I have purchased some stuff before and smaller equipment. And I really I knew everybody said to use it. uh, Use this. It's awesome. And I would buy it. And I didn't really know what to do or I didn't have the, the stuff in place for them to call and help set it up. And and you're wasting money. Right. So just like when we buy drugs. Um, the, the kind of theory is don't, don't buy more than a month's worth because you buy more than a month's worth. You're actually going to end up losing money because you probably get it cheaper somewhere down the road and, and so forth. So, uh, it's the same with equipment, except it's a lot more expensive. And, um, so you, you buy this, you know, do your due diligence, sit down, figure out if you really need to do it, take advantage of what you can, um, use somebody else's money for cash flow benefit, uh, the best you can. And then when you do that, and you really have a plan in place, then your return on investment comes in, and it's and it's not so bad. And so, I think the 179 that and we've used it a lot in the past is uh, it makes these purchases less scary. So I go into a trade show. I have this great idea. I want to be an awesome pharmacist, and I'm going to have my community. And this machine that I want here is really going to help with that. Um, but man, it's two hundred thousand dollars. That's a big number. And now you know everybody's scared to death with all the DRs and and poor cash flow and such. But you talk to your accountant, you figure it out, and you're like, oh, well, you won't have a payment until next year, and then you get the machine, and you're going to save, you know, seventy grand on your taxes. It oh. It's not as scary as it sounds to buy a two hundred thousand dollars piece of equipment. So that's what we use it for. it's it's just it makes it easier to digest, and uh, it really helps out our cash flow for sure.
3: I want to pick up on what Adam's saying, Scotty, and bring it back to you. And let's talk about leasing for for example <clears throat> if if Adam chose to defer lease payments um to conserve cash flow, um, can they still utilize the Section one seventy nine? Yes. So you, as long as it's put into use
4: in the current year, and you've um, run a prescription through it more or less, uh, you, and it's a capital lease, you can take that depreciation. So yes. And um, just expanding on what Adam was speaking there, um, you know, the your patients out there they they want this uh, compliance packaging. They you know. This this is what they want. Um, and, and, you know, going into the end of the year, um, you know, it makes it it makes a good argument on is, is this something you should be doing in your pharmacy? And um, there's a there's a good chance it is. And you need to be doing it and, um, you know, get the tax benefits that go along with this. Um, you know, de- depreciation rules can always change. Um so, we'll have to see what happens next year and next over several years, especially with the tax cuts and Jobs Act expiring. But um, uh, you know, your overall, your patients want this compliance
3: packaging. So I like what Adam was describing and and also basing off of what Lisa was sharing what's What's a lease payment on two hundred thousand dollars over what's a lease term? 36 months, um, 24 months, 48 months, but I can imagine what that payment was. So in, in, in theory, and I need, I need Pete to correct this, this, because I'm not the person to lead us into these weeds. (laughs) Um, just like, don't come to me for medication management. Um, I need, uh, I need Adam and, and Lisa to help me, but if we are putting out money right now and it's a lease. And I put out a three hundred, a five hundred dollar payment, twice November, December. It's in use. I get the full benefit. I literally just spent X number of dollars from a cash flow perspective. I just got a two hundred thousand dollar tax write off. Is that what I'm thinking, um, Pete? In order to, in order to really kind of make this come full circle.
2: Yeah, and, and going back one more step, yes, you can write the whole thing off as long as it's put in meaningful use. Um, a lot of the programs that we're running and, and see people doing, the most common ones are six, uh, three to six-month deferred first payments or three-month deferred and then um, half payment for the first year. And it's all geared around, um, as, as we're currently experiencing, some of the concerns over early 2024 cash flow. And so those are those are very common programs. So going back to you don't have to have a dime out of your pocket to to get into and get the benefit of one of these section 179 programs if you're using a lease with a deferred first payment. And and the longest it will go is up to 6 months time. So in essence you could get the $200,000 depreciation benefits, get the equipment in and you wouldn't have a payment potentially until um you know April, May, June next year
3: yeah I I'm I'm seeing based on what Pete and Scott has Scotty has shared, I'm seeing that there's two sides of this there's the spend and then there's the savings and there's kind of like a balance and ebb and flow to that so um it's in it's really calculation but it's also a timing issues I mean it's it's November what what's today November 2nd so yep. recording this on November 2nd you you may be hearing it uh into the future. It's time to, to, to make some decisions very quickly and, and reach out to Scotty, reach out to Pete and, and decide, how am I going to get this in place? How am I going to get paid for? Um, how am I going to get it implemented into my workflow? And how am I going to get it started? Um, but you could, you could phase it. Um, Adam, you and I have talked about how you phased um, different strategies from marketing to technology and you don't have to do you don't have to have all the answers in the next 60 days per se but you could start using it to kind of get you ready for the explosive growth that you could experience in 2024 adam talk to us about phasing talk talk to us about kind of edging into something and starting um um you know the utilization of your your rapid pack in in making it full circle where A year from the day that you started it, you're definitely doing better with the piece of equipment than you did day one.
1: Right, so always utilize the team that you're buying it from. I mean, if somebody's going to say a $200,000 piece of equipment, they're probably going to have some marketing strategies for you. So figure that piece out. Next is, like Lisa was talking earlier, figure out your staffing, right? What is this actually going to take? You don't know that unless you go into somebody else's store and see them utilizing it or you talk to somebody at a show, a friend. So ask whoever you're buying from for some contacts, right? So then you've got an idea of how it kind of operates. You've got an idea of some marketing tools, um, and start figuring out, figuring out what you got to do, uh, let your team know what you're doing. Um, it's super easy to make marketing material to educate your team, to educate your, uh, patients. So that's that's how I always kind of approach everything. Is I, I do my R and D right? I do my research and and see what's going on. How do I do this? Is this even possible? Where I'm at, right? maybe your pharmacy is too small. Uh, maybe um, you know you just don't have the room. Maybe you don't have the tech, uh, the techs to do it. Uh, so you got to figure that piece out. And you always have to talk to somebody who has it. Multiple people. And what do they like? What do they dislike? Um, and then once you kind of have that in play and you draw it out in your mind, you also have to realize that when it actually starts working, it's not going to work like how you thought it's going to. And you got to be ready to adapt. Um, and so you adapt, you figure it out, you figure out what what's the problems and the issues and you adjust. Um, but you've already got all the good stuff in place, right? You've got some patients converted, you got some marketing material, you're out there speaking to your physicians, um, you're showing people what's going on. Uh, so, yes, definitely phasing in to it um, because years ago we we didn't do that. Oh, let's buy this giant robot that they say it's awesome and it's going to take – we don't have to hire two techs. Well, that's not necessarily the case. You buy it, it comes in, you don't really have the workflow workflow in place, and it becomes more of a headache than anything. So, take your time, and you know it, it is the end of the year, but maybe it's not the right time to do it. Um, you don't want to buy something on a, on a whim, uh, if you're not ready, that's the most important part. Yep. Don't buy, never buy anything to save money on taxes. That's my rule of thumb, right? Like, yeah, I'll it's going to be awesome that. to save, save tax, save tax money, but don't buy it because then you're spending money and then, you know, you're wasting your money.
3: Yep. I know exactly what you mean. Have a plan
1: for production
3: have a plan for benefit and for growth that just so happens to have an extra benefit that in fact is the tax benefit right and exactly lead that lead with your purpose lead off yeah. with your purpose
1: um, take advantage I, of what you can get that's what you need to do you know take advantage of it
3: um scotty i've asked you this question before but it's come up in our questions from our um, from our audience, and that is vehicles. And I think of how important delivery is to our community, and and this will increase. I want I want everyone on this webinar to listen to what I'm what I'm saying right now. Long term care services at home is a huge future growth opportunity for community pharmacy, and adherence packaging plays into that. And delivery, aka delivery vehicle, is a very important part of um, accessing medications for our people who are in their homes who need not don't want to go to assisted living center they don't want to go to long-term care they want to continue using their community pharmacy you do not want to lose that business so you want to service those people in their homes scotty i want to buy a vehicle it's uh no it's november uh second i want to purchase the vehicle i'm going to get it wrapped with a nice little uh colorful thing that is adam robinson and lisa lisa Pharmacy, aka wherever you guys are, the name of my pharmacy all over this thing, and I want to use it as marketing. I want to use it to transport medications to my patients. Talk to me about vehicles in 179. So vehicles in 179, um,
4: you cannot do 100% write-off in most in many instances for vehicles uh, for vehicles greater than 6,000 pounds or SUVs. I believe the cap for 179 is twenty eight thousand one hundred dollars, somewhere around there, and the cap for vehicles less than that's around twelve thousand dollars. So they are capped. Vehicles are, but you can still get a pretty significant write off with those. Um, I'll just say this one thing uh, about vehicles. You know, if you have vehicles at the pharmacy, just keep them. You need to be keeping a mileage log or of, of something of some sort. Um, because if you do get audited by the IRS, the first thing they're going to ask for is your mileage log. And if you have that, that's going to set the tone for the rest of the audit. So with vehicles, yes, there's, there's some depreciation, uh, flexibility there. Um, but you know, keep a mileage log and keep that, uh, updated because you'll want to have that if something ever comes knocking.
3: Yep. There are, um, applications that can be folded into your uh, vehicles that tie into your GPS systems that allow you to track that all automatically that pushes that back to a central system so definitely just don't do it willy-nilly just like Adam said just like Lisa said um be a planner um Lisa's a planner um you know Adam you're a planner I know you are a planner um I'm not a much of a financial planner but I need to be uh, more than that. And I'm sure there's listeners out there that aren't as astute, um, to leverage uh, financial planning, but that's why Pete and uh, Scotty here, you guys are our safety belts. Um, so if we get into a financial wreck, we do not die. <laughs> we, we stay alive. Um,
4: you, the, uh, you
3: don't want to get into a
4: financial wreck. That's right. No, you don't. That's
2: a Speaking of wrecks and uh, vehicles. Um, if you if you're looking at a vehicle um most vehicle leases are are not capital leases they're they're true leases so they would not get the depreciation benefits so if you're looking at vehicles and you want a finance plan you can but it would be a finance to own so it would be more like uh and and most car dealerships or auto dealerships can do those types of programs so just be cognizant of that if you're looking at automobile leases you know that's a don't, good
4: don't point them. um <clears throat> I just want to touch on that real quick cuz I get that question quite a bit should I lease or should I buy the vehicle outright um you know usually it's going to be we'll purchase the vehicle finance it if you want and then get that depreciation deduction otherwise you're just paying a rent payment of x dollars a month and you're just not going to see that big big bang for your buck there um with that right. vehicle. Yeah it's
1: just an expense at that point Yeah a monthly expense
3: all right so I want to kick back to Lisa and just tap into being a pharmacy owner and understanding what you're up against for um for 2024. how are you maximizing your rapid pack to to kind of get you over this first quarter hump of 2024 with the dir fee kind of change coming we're not talking about dir fees today per se because today's all about 179. But I want to get I wanna from a pharmacy owner's perspective, I want to get your input on this. I, I know we're all a little bit nervous. Um everybody is obviously. Um I am in I'm a podcaster. I don't even own a pharmacy. I'm still nervous. I get sweaty when I think about it. But what 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 can you share with our listeners in, in preparation for that hump, that that speed bump um in the in our first quarter?
0: I think the the way we're leveraging the Rapid pack is in. We're we're staying pretty slim as far as inventory and um, workforce because you know we can order just in time because we know those expensive drugs we're going to be filling them on a certain day. We don't have to keep them sitting on our shelf, so we can keep our inventory slim. Uh, we've got our workflow down so that we know when our busy times are, and we can schedule appropriately and so we're we're just trying to stay lean on the expense side. um obviously, we market and we try to to grow the business and we're you know trying to convert people that are not in the strip packager into the strip packager, and so we're we're always trying to move people over to that to increase their adherence not only for their benefit but for our benefit it's a mutual benefit because it does make our workflow easier um and so that's probably how we're utilizing it the the most is just keeping our expenses under control while we're kind of waiting for the whatever's going to (laughs) happen
3: yeah um adam so I think of my daily routine, which has changed over the last year. I'm putting more efforts. I'm fifty one years old, so I'm starting to pay attention a little bit more to which I should have ten years ago, more to my health. So I get on my wife's peloton every day, um at least five days a week, where I'm walking, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do a nine percent incline. I'm gonna stay at a three point three pace, which is actually pretty good and try to like keep up and, and, and get ready for just staying healthy. And I think of business health and I think of that same thing and, and the diligence of doing something small where you're not going to see the impact right away, but you're going to see it a year later or two years later. What type of, um, what type of um, decisions have you made in preparation for, um, for what we're all going to experience beginning of the year for, for our DR in the first quarter?
1: Well, the first thing was I saved money. So I, you know, every now and then I'd grab some money in the bank account if I had some and I'd stash it away. So I'm, I'm saving money for that. Uh, to go back with what Lisa was saying, we're, we're really lean on our inventory. Um, we have a very uh, uh, robust adherence program. So that allows us to really do that. Um, and then we've been doing, you were talking about medical at home. That's where we're really utilizing our uh, rapid pack is our medical at home patients. Uh, so we're we're trying to build that portfolio up um, because there are no DIR fees with that. So I run a report uh, every month, and um, which in my system, and it allows me to estimate what my DIR fees would be. And I know with my medical at home patients, I don't have to pay that amount of money. So we're trying to convert as many patients over to that as possible. So that's what we've been focusing on a lot this year um, is trying to get as lean as we can. Um, try to stay away from the GOP ones as best we can, but um, sometimes you can't help that. Uh, and then uh, doing the medical at home. So that's that's been our preparation this year for sure. Uh, just Just to see what happens. We don't know. We don't even know how they're really going to account for it at the cash register yet. Um, and so if we can get over that hump in that first quarter, uh, into the second quarter and things are doing okay, then we can really start, um, uh, making headway and, and working on some other ideas that we have for the future. So
3: I want to talk about ecosystem macroeconomics, ec- and, and how everything you put pressure on something, it impacts something else. You do something over here, it impacts your business over there your reputation in the market, your reputation in your community as a community pharmacy owner. There's an ecosystem that you have to pay attention to. Uh, Pete and uh, Scotty are are there to guide, but there's still this, this ebb and flow of you're spending money in the community, you're investing in your staffing, you're investing in marketing and communications with your physicians. It's an ecosystem. And I want everyone that's listening to this podcast, listening to this webinar, to reach out to pete um to reach out to scotty ask questions about best positioning you for the end of year and in your purchasing decisions rx plays in that ecosystem they don't expect it to be a one and done situation they have meticulously designed marketing plans to make you a pharmacy owner as effective as possible with shifting into an adherence uh, marketing opportunity and adherence packaging for long-term care at home so once again this is an ecosystem this is there's many parts to this you're not here alone to do this alone and RxSafe will guide you and plug you into other um people and organizations that really can kind of get the most out of what we're all about to go through in 2024 and being better prepared I think the the mystery of what's going to happen with dir fees like you were saying Adam it's just not knowing what's going to happen makes us more nervous than what could possibly happen. You know, it's, it's, it's knowing and, and knowing comes back to what Lisa was saying about planning and both uh, Pete and and Scotty encourage every single person. If you own a pharmacy, if you're a technician, if you're a pick, you're a pharmacy in charge at a pharmacy, a community pharmacy, it's knowing what's coming. It's anticipation of what's going to happen in, in the new year. Um, I just want to uh, give a shout out to to Pete. I appreciate your guidance and really um, not only giving us some uh, lease advice, but actually being a provider and, and being someone that can we can access services through. Um, Pete, how do we get a hold of you? We're a listener right now. We want to reach out to you and we want to work with you. What's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Um, you? You can find us uh, on the web, advantage-financial.com. Uh, There's phone numbers out there. You can contact RxAfe, any one of those folks. You can contact Adam. He's got my stuff. Um, Scotty and and his company have my um, information. So um, if you want a phone number, I'm more than happy to give you one.
3: Yeah, we're going to put that in the show notes too. Um, But we'll definitely um, have people reach out to you. If you want to reach out to Pharmacy Podcast Network, we can get you in touch with Pete as well. Um, I'm drinking out of my favorite mug. Uh, It was sent to me for Christmas of 2023 or 2022. It's the Sykes Company mug. Um, I absolutely love this mug, Scotty. Thank you so much for saying this to me. You're the best. Thank you. How do we get get in in touch with you, Scotty? Uh,
4: The best place to get us is our website, sykes-cpa.com. You can schedule a meeting, Uh, we'll do a video call. Um, We, so feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm happy to jump on a call and see what we can do to help you and point you in a direction you need to you need to go. So, um, yeah, we'd be happy to help any way we can.
3: Thank you. Adam, I miss you. I can't wait to see you at the next conference. I'm glad it's not in 2023. I'm so tired of conferences right now. I'm going out of my mind.
1: Adam kind of took a break off this year, so <laughs> not envious of you.
3: I think I'll see you in March, maybe in 2024 at Diversify Rx.
1: Yeah, she's asking me to speak again, so that'll be fun.
3: Excellent. Lisa, I want to meet you. You are (laughs) someone that I want to, I love pharmacy owners. I love the way your minds work and you're a planner and I need more planners in my life.
0: Thank you for having me.
3: I want to give a shout out to Rx Safe. The team always takes care of us as a industry, as a profession. You're looking out for us. You have answers to other things that don't have anything to do with you directly. Kind of being a puzzle piece, um, putting all those puzzle pieces together. Uh, thank you so much for sponsoring today's uh, webinar and podcast. If there's anything that you need, any questions from this, uh, from advice or connection, please reach out to Pharmacy Podcast Network. You can find us on any platform out there at Pharmacy Podcast on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, um, anything we can do to put you in touch with these wonderful people. Thank you so much for um, for this podcast, all of you, uh, Pete, Adam, Lisa, Scotty, um, can't wait to work with you in 2024. And here's to you. Thank you all.
1: Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Thanks.